0: Welcome back to the Three Miraglin Podcast. My name is Mendel. I'm joined here with my fellow colleagues, E.C. and Aaron, who are in an undisclosed location.
1: Yeah, and we're not with you because
0: you got COVID. Yeah, but they're like somewhere I have no idea where they are. We have a pretty interesting uh, subject matter today. We have a lot of of good topics that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, this is episode four. We're going to talk about the Parsha, some other Taurus stuff. We have sports. We have our AOC Lib of the Week. So we have a lot of info. So let's just get right into it. Yeah, you Mendel. You see? Uh,
1: well, right now we're jumping into the fifth book, Deuteronomy, Devarim. And uh, yeah, Mendel, had, Mendel said he had some thoughts on Devarim, Mendel. On Devarim? Yeah.
0: Yeah safer i mean yeah whenever you switch there from one of the five books to another five like to another one of the five books there's really like they're separated like that because there's differences between them so the first one you know was the creation of the world and the first the first couple generations after that we had you know the jews going into egypt and then the exodus and then we had the third yeah we had the third one which was a lot of uh you know uh, sacrifices and laws and very technical stuff and the fourth book which we just finished was you know the the story of the jews in the desert it's called bamidbar or numbers desert or numbers and now we've reached devarim by the way is,
1: i just want to say as we close on bamidbar i think bamidbar is so underrated there's so many good
2: parshas in bamidbar
0: <laughs> yeah that's true
2: yeah a lot of a lot of cool things happen in the desert yeah what happens in the desert stays in the desert. I <laughs> went
0: to be Las it. Vegas is,
1: is like basically the desert. So
0: <laughs> I went. Nice. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Um, so yes, yeah, so we're in the fifth book, five of five, the last one. And this is this is really the end. This is uh, the Jews are preparing to enter the land of Israel. Moses is giving his goodbyes. Pretty much, we're coming and home. We're coming home. Yeah, we're going to the to the to the holy land. So we have a we have a long I ride sense, ahead. Of I a, sense a little foreshadowing going on yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. But uh, yeah, we got to prepare to go home in, in, as we follow the parshas. We also got to prepare in our own lives with the coming of Mashiach to, to finally go home for good.
1: All right. Um, so now we're going to talk about this Sunday. Tisha Bav is coming up. And uh, yeah, we got to prepare. And we all know I think most of us know, we're not allowed to learn on Tishbev B'Av What we we're allowed to do, though, is uh, learn the Gemara on Gitin, I think 55B. I did do research before I said this, so I don't know this off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, there's a, the cool story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, which I am going to say again for all those who don't remember or want to hear it again or need details. So basically what happens is there's this guy, we're going to call him the protagonist, and he's having a party. And he has... A best friend, his name's Kamsa, and he has a biggest enemy named Bar Kamsa. Now, this guy, the protagonist, he thinks Bar Kamsa is, is, like, worse than Hitler. Like, he hates this guy. So, basically, at this party, um, protagonist sees Bar Kamsa again. He thinks he's Hitler, and he tells him, get out. And then Bar Kamsa says, no, uh, please don't embarrass me like this. Like, let me at least pay for my food.
0: And oh, I get it now. It's like a guy inviting somebody, trying to invite his friend Whistler and then his steward ends up inviting Hitler. And that's <laughs> yes. what happened. So it's Kamsa, but he invited Bar Kamsa. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Definitely
1: what happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So then he says, I'll pay for half the party. Bar Kamsa says. And then the protagonist says no. And then he says, I'll pay the whole party. He says no. So then, then the protagonist grabs Bar Komsa. By the way, we don't know the protagonist's name. He Again, he also cost us the Besamiktos. I mean, obviously it was everyone's fault in his but like he, his was like the the thing that kicked it off, and we don't know his name. Kind of unfair, cause like Comps is not even in the story. Barkhamsa is like everyone like hates him because he also like ruined our lives, but yeah, but again, it's, it's
0: like the protagonist
2: is the worst. It's funny how Kamsa yeah. is such a big part of this story when he's he the there. name of the story and he's not even in it, he's not there. Like, the story is <laughs> Kamsa Barkhamsa. So that's really Kamsa. the question.
0: The question he never had his opinion, we never that's got to pretty hear Kamsa's crazy. opinion. No, but here's the question though is <laughs> Com- is Barkhamsa the protagonist or is the guy hosting the party the protagonist? Like, no, the, the host. Yeah, you wouldn't say it's the guy who reacted. You know what? A lot of things can happen to us. A lot of people could be could do things that are not good to us and make us upset. But that's the thing. We choose to get upset. Nobody can make you upset. Somebody could throw you out of a party or kick you out of their house and you can react and and then, you know, get everybody killed. But that's I just that, that's your I the idea. I think the idea here is that he
2: should have uh, showed self control from not kicking him out of the party because it was completely disrespectful and embarrassing. And this guy may have felt that if he had zero self control with me, why should I? Why should
0: I have self control with him and be the bigger man? It could uh, have. It's not about being the bigger man because the you see, for the guy who threw him out of the party, for him it's just a personal thing. It's it's not like this guy Barcomsa was hated by everyone. He was hated by this one guy who didn't yeah. want him at his party. He didn't need to react the way he reacted. You see, he, he, it's not like uh, uh, this rejection. You know, you have to look at rejection. I mean, mental, but that's, I mean, you have to that's look at not, rejection. True, rejection has to be a redirection. Uh, p- people say that a lot. So uh, it, what that means is that you can't let rejection change the way you're going to live your life. You can't use it as an excuse to do something that's, that's you know that's crazy that's the, and the, at the end result of this was lots of death and destruction
1: yeah I do disagree though because like the next part of the story is when he leaves the Gemara says the guy thought to himself um, there are these huge rabbis there like major major rabbis they were all at the party none of them said anything so like he thought like they're not going to say anything then I mean I guess yeah but,
0: but when did two wrongs ever make a right even in the yeah. Gemara I'm just saying like he, he kind of
1: was
2: rejected by everyone
0: because no one's
2: no one stepped up and said you know like let him stay so so i don't it, understand but it is it is a completely reasonable deduction that because of one guy's mistake it caused his mistake yeah in a perfect world he would have said oh you're welcome to stay here um maybe i still don't like you but because we're in a public
0: setting." Uh, just don't talk to me and eat with some other people. So I'll tell was... you this. I'll tell you this. If you want to keep taking it back and go back, you can go to the beginning of the story. Let's say the story of Barkamsa and the guy who hates him started off with them being friends. And then somebody said some lush and to the guy who hates Barkamsa. And then because of that, Barkamsa now hates is now hated by this guy, and then that led to all the events that happened after. So then you could say that the, oh, the guy who said Lushanar, he's the one who's responsible for the whole thing. Because yeah. if he didn't do it, then they wouldn't. So if you want to go so back, your point is it's a team effort. My point is is that everything happens from God to begin yes. with. God puts things into place so that the next step can happen and the next uh, step can happen. So we happen. shouldn't
1: be laying blame. Is what you're saying. No,
0: but I'm saying that within every single one of those steps, everyone had the tr- the free choice to decide whether or not they wanted to go. So even though all those events led up to that, Barcomsa could have still not done what he did. Yeah. So he, he was the one at the end of the day who pressed the big red button. No one else did it except him. So he is the protagonist, in my opinion. You guys don't need to agree with me. That's just my... Yeah. Opinion. Okay, honestly,
1: I do think you're right. But this is going to sound like very uh, flat, but I honestly just called the guy the protagonist because he doesn't have a name <laughs> yeah <laughs> like this just something we can call him because he doesn't have a name i
2: i agree with you in a sense that he did have obviously you can't say he was victim of the circumstances and he had no choice and and he had no other options he went on his own um free will to go and and ruin the lives of so many in the long run um but at the same time It is important to know that if you if you go ahead from your perspective and damage people, their negative actions, some of that blame does go to you, even though at the end of the day, they did it. You pushing them to do those things, or you damaging them to a point where they go and do something bad? um, A decent amount of that blame goes to you. And it's not about uh, it's not about deciding where the blame goes to. It more has to do with you understanding that there's a responsibility in the way you act towards people and that if you have a poor – if you're a poor role model or if you treat someone poorly, that it can very yes, easily end for up in sure. a situation
0: where they act poorly. I'm agreeing with you on that, that our actions have consequences. Of course, our actions have consequences. And if someone does something that affects another person, of course, they're responsible. But the same way that we're holding that guy who is hurting that other person up to a certain level where we're saying he needs to be accountable for his actions. So does the other guy, that guy that he's that he's uh, kicking out of his party or kicking out of his house is also held accountable. You can't just say that he loses his accountability because somebody else said something to him. I don't agree with that. I would not say that that would be the I would say that even if someone else so the guy who kicked him out is only responsible for kicking him out and yeah. the rabbis who witnessed it are only responsible but, for not seeing anything you're saying you're saying only but what happened from kicking
2: him out is that he got very very upset and wanted to do these things so as far as as the damage he caused it did push him towards that because if he didn't kick him out of the house he wouldn't have gone to the the roman Emperor, yeah, he wouldn't have gone to the Roman emperor and and done all those damaging things if he hadn't kicked him out to begin with. So yes, dude, I'll tell you this: had the free choice not to. But at the same time, if you if you push someone and you hurt them in a way where they go and do something damaging, I think a part of the blame should go to you.
0: I I I think we can talk about this more in the AOC lib of the week because it is sort of related to this because. Uh, we'll talk about that then. But mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm trying to say like this. If somebody cuts me off at Walmart in line while I'm waiting in line or 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 they like bump into my shopping cart or they grab something out of my cart because there's none there's none left in stock. I have two ways to react to this. Here's like, the problem. I'm sorry if, for cutting you off. It's Here's not as big of a deal. With that.
2: The problem with that is that you're viewing it as the person who is shopping at Walmart. You should be viewing it as the person who's taking something out of someone's cart because that's what the situation is. Mm-hmm. He's going to someone in Walmart and he's kind of, would you cut someone off at Walmart? And then if so, would you be, would you be confused as to why he screaming at you?
1: Okay, guys, I'm going to give a very good example here. Like, very good. Because, look, what, all, all we're going to keep calling him the protagonist. All he did was he embarrassed the guy a lot. I mean, it was really bad. He kicked him out of his house, embarrassed him in front of everyone. Yeah, that was really bad. But Bar Kamsa took it, like, not even another, like, another high, high level. Like, he literally got a lot of, a all bunch of Jewish people killed, basemakers destroyed. We're still having ramifications of that now in, in, in Israel. Like, like, he did all, like, the comparison would be, like, if you cut someone off and then they got out of their car and shot you.
2: Like, that's literally the comparison. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what he did because he did all he did was cut him off or all he did was kick him out of the party. But the trauma that he felt from getting kicked out of the party was clearly enough for a situation for him to, to want to do a lot of damage. Yeah. So, yes, you can say that he only did a little bit by kicking him out of the party and it's not the biggest deal. But at the same time you have to understand that, that each person's differently. And he clearly was affected by it tremendously because he wouldn't have offered to pay for the whole party yeah. if he didn't desperately want to be there. If he wasn't so embarrassed by the situation, he wouldn't have offered to pay for the whole party. That's true. So he was clearly emotionally invested to a point where if he did get kicked out and if he was embarrassed, especially with all of those rabbis there, that he, it would have done something bad. And this guy's hatred towards him he wasn't able to look past the fact that he was clearly like tormented uh from the idea of getting kicked out of the party and he just couldn't look past that and he still kicked him out so yes i do agree that he obviously went above and beyond but at the same time you have to understand that sometimes people inside they feel something a lot worse than what you're doing
0: Uh, I'll tell you this. We're getting a little bit into the psychological part of it. You know, it's a lot of times when these criminals go to court. You know what I mean? They're they're in court and uh, their lawyers are getting doctors to evaluate these criminals that have killed people or whatever it is that they've done. And they're they're saying that this is what my client was feeling at the time of the murder. And they can describe to you what he was going through emotionally, what he was going through physically what his body was like at that time. And they can use that in the case to say my client lost control of all of his actions. So that's the psychological part. But if you want to talk strictly Torah, like the law, what he was, was whether it was he allowed to react the way he did according to Torah? No, but he wasn't yeah, allowed to, I agree. Friend. He wasn't allowed to react
2: the way he reacted, but at the same time, he wasn't allowed to kick him out of the party. Yeah, so that's true. It, it really, um, I, I would disagree with you. I think it might be time to move on, but I would disagree with <laughs> you and say that pushing someone past their breaking, breaking point is not like something small. It's a big deal. It's not like a, something, oh, he should have had self-control, you That's- know? He should have been like, oh, he, he had all the free will in the world. Yes, he may have had all the free will in the world, but he clearly broke him. Like, he was not okay after that
1: yeah yeah and and yeah so now we're going to continue with the story like i said they brought a bull to the emperor and then they and, and the emperor brought a bull to see if they were rebelling and barkamsa was the messenger who took it to the rabbis and he blemished it and uh in a way emperor didn't think it was a problem and the rabbis they saw this blemish and they're like wow uh what do we do now do we sacrifice this animal and do something that's us or do we not sacrifice the animal and try to save like our, all all of our lives? And uh, after a lot of debate, they decided that we're just gonna we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna sacrifice it.
0: Why didn't they just pretend to sacrifice the animal?
1: Maybe <laughs> Toast Voice answers that question. Toast Voice, since
0: I'm both like combat and not Kamada. I don't know. A uh, little note, though. Little editor's note, because we love doing editor's notes. Oh, that's our uh, favorite. And Mendel's I... the best at it. I okay
2: think, I think I, we should change this podcast from the three Maraudlin to so just the, editor's notes, editor's notes, or the disclaimer. That would be the disclaimer is actually a good name. Yeah, the disclaimer would be a sick name yeah. for a podcast.
0: Well, uh, basically, I'm pretty sure that this is just a little disclaimer, but I'm pretty sure that uh, when we were talking about the story and figure out who's the antagonist, I'm pretty sure. We, were, we said protagonist. Yeah, so yes. do one of those Microsoft Word replace search and replace things, and just <laughs> control search. Yeah, yeah. And just search all the protagonists and just switch them with antagonists. I mean, they
1: already heard it, but that's okay. <laughs> Look, okay. protagonist. I was just going for main character, honestly. So whatever, not a big deal. Um, but yeah, we did need to get that off our shoulders because it was bothering us. Anyway, yeah. So the rabbis at the end decided. Now we're gonna. We're not going to do this. We're not going to, yeah, we're not going to sacrifice animals. So then the, the Roman emperor, he sent against them, Nero the Caesar. This is an awesome story. Basically, this guy.
0: Ooh, you know, a story in a story.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's the Gemara. It's called Haggadita. Wow. I'm sure you know. That's intense. <laughs> is the most fun Gemara. So basically what happened was Nero the Caesar as the general this and he basically sent them to like destroy the basement and destroy your slime and then he so he went outside i don't know why i guess he, he decided to have some fun so he went outside and he shot an arrow to the east and it went into your slime and he shot arrow to the west and it went to your slime all four sides he shot the arrow every time it went into your slime and now then he decided well
2: i have the rabbit doesn't exist right now i have a theory yeah. What if? Yeah. He was just really bad aim <laughs> with his arrow. <laughs> I don't think he can be. Or kidding. I have three theories. What if he had really poor aim with his arrow? What if his compass was broken? Or what if it was really really windy? Those are three solid. Theories. I get
1: yeah, but like if, if if Israel is like north and he shot it south, like that's crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that's not much.
2: I'm just joking, but
1: <laughs> yeah, basically at that point he didn't have the Rebbe the Rebbe book to do the the Igras. So instead he saw some (laughs) random kid on the street and he's like, Hey, what's the last thing you learned in school? And then the kid said, Oh, I learned that Hashem's going to take revenge against uh, Edom. So then, you know, the Caesar's like, Whoa, wait, I'm supposed to go destroy Jerusalem. And then God's going to punish me for that. No, I'm not doing that. I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of this. So he, he left, he quit, retired. And then he went and he converted because of this kid. And uh, from him came the most famous Tana, I think, uh, of all. Maybe besides Rabbi Donosi, Rabbi Mayor. Rabbi Mayor so, Balanes. Uh, Rabbi Mayer Oh, is Rabbi Bonus?: Balanes? Yeah. Yeah. All that's right. It's nice. really cool. It's a pretty cool story. Yeah. There's a lot more of the story, but it's like 50 pages and we're not going to finish it. But yeah, that's the, uh, the part that we're going to get up to.
0: So I, I think we should transition here to to a different topic. So I was listening to a serious XM comedy in the car because it's the three weeks and try not to listen to music. And I heard a joke and it went like this. Do you know when you're leaning back in your chair and you're leaning all the way back and your feet are on your tippy toes and you're about to lose balance and then you're about to fall back and then you catch yourself and land on your feet? Yeah. That's how mu- that's the an expression of my life. That's what the guy was saying. And I thought that was very funny, but it's also very serious. A lot of people, they feel like they're leaning at the back of their chair and they're about to fall backwards. So this brings us to the point of what to do when it's not coming home, when it's not going to come home. So anybody who watched the England versus Italy game, so this is how we transition into sports here. I'll okay, before,
2: before we start, we understand that this is a sore topic for some of our viewers out there. Listeners. Listeners, yes. Listeners. This is a podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, I'm sorry. Some people might not know what I'm um, coming home mean, or it's coming home means. Basically, uh, England hasn't won anything in like 50 years. I don't know how long ago these guys made a song called It's Coming Home. And it's about how England's soccer international team is finally going to win either the World Cup or Euro, anything. Do you know why? Because Oh, because uh, soccer... Football. football was created in England, yeah. I think. So, they're saying, football is coming crazy. home. Football is coming home. And they say, like, every single tournament, and they never win anything. And this time, they got, like, really, really close. I mean, they were in penalties, and they were winning in penalties, too. And then they choked three times in a row. So, three penalties straight, they missed. Yeah, and they... now it's not coming home. So, Mendel. Yeah. Everyone in England is depressed. That's Boy, the that point. That country is in major depression let's
2: let's put it this way if you have a friend from England reach out to them. Don't (laughs) Don't make sure don't do it. Make sure they're doing okay. Yeah. Make sure that they're everything's fine by them. I think that's a big mitzvah.
0: Yeah. Some
2: you got anything to say to these people? It's not
0: uh, on a serious note, I just feel really bad for them. Yeah, same. I, I you see France almost almost made it to a quarterfinal yeah i think they got out in the quarterfinal yeah france
1: just won the world cup
0: like we we got out early and it was an early blow and i feel like that was that made it easier to manage you know i was able to go to work after four days of intense crying but (laughs) but, then you got COVID, and you didn't go to work for
2: two weeks (laughs) yeah but um maybe that's why you got COVID. yo you only cry for four days when your team loses The the France
1: won the World Cup like two years ago. So like England hasn't won anything in 50 years and they lose in penalties or in the semifinals.
0: Yeah, I feel like they're going to lose. I feel like they're losing hope. So we need to give them some hope. So hope is a very interesting word because there's a difference between hope and faith. You know, you, you can have hope but not have faith. You can have faith if you have faith, you have hope. So I think that we should stop giving them hope just give them faith that way it's like a package deal kill two birds with one stone but um anyway we're not trying to kill birds but yeah uh, the point is is if they're struggling and they don't have faith in their team anymore we just need to remind them that in about 10 years after this french dynasty is over they have a chance that's all i have to say (laughs) nah (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I think giving them
2: hope is a great idea. But if I think, I think if we give Messi um some oh, see, some if we give Aaron. if we give Messi some British um what's it called citizenship? I think they'll have a chance. Aaron, <laughs> what
1: a segue! That uh, how do we not? How did no one think of that? How did we not think of that? I mean, Messi is the same thing. Argentina hasn't won anything in I don't know how long. Messi has been the best player in the world for like. Uh, 15 years already, something like that, and he's also never won anything. He lost. He's lost in the finals, world in the World Cup. He lost in the final in the Copa America that like which he just won this week. He's lost in the final four or three or four times I think, and he's lost in penalties multiple times. And he's never won anything internationally with Argentina. And people always make fun of him for it. Ronaldo won the Euros with Portugal five years ago against France. Also, Mayor Mendel, by the way, but. Everyone says Messi can never win with Argentina. Like, what? He can't. He can't do anything with that. With international, he only wins with Barcelona because Barcelona is a good team. Messi just won Copa America for the first time at his very old age. I think of like 34 or something. So I mean, if Eng- England can not lose hope, Messi had all hope lost. He lost in the finals four times. What's
0: it called? What just one. There was a period. few Italians that what? just won the Euro. There were a few people on the Italian team that were in their late 30s also. Like Chileni, I think he's 36. Chileni and Bonucci, yeah. They both, they're they're, they're like both 30. over 35, I believe. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But those guys that they've won... Actually, maybe they... They might have been at the World Cup when they won in 2006. Probably, actually. Honestly, that was 15
2: years ago. They were probably there.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Guys cool. Guys, I have a secret to tell you. Um we, I mean, I, they're not watching it. I'm kind of watching the home run derby on the side. Mm. And I know some of our viewers are like, oh, we we don't want to hear what games you're watching while you're while you're like, or maybe uh, they're recording just, the podcast. Maybe they're just like, we don't want, we, it's baseball. Or last time, <laughs> yeah. you know, last time they're like, yeah, when you say nice shot during the, the recording, it, like, we really need to hear that. Yes, you do need to hear that. Yeah. But What's happening now, actually, is the finals between Pete Alonso, who literally hasn't missed the baseball yet. Every single swing has been a home I mean, run.
1: Throwing, I could do that. They're throwing it like 30 miles per hour. Okay.
2: Okay, buddy. Okay, buddy. <laughs> but the craziest thing about, one of the craziest things about this home run derby is they're doing it in Coors Field. I'm not sure if you know what Coors Field is, but it's basically like it's doing... Uh, in Denver. It's in Denver. It's like doing a, a dunk competition, a slam dunk competition in like, um, one of those bounce like trampoline places. That's exactly what it's like. The balls, why, why Why is it that the balls fly so far? Oh, because it's in In Denver. The air is super thin. I thought it was because it's a small field. Like the three, the three, four longest home runs tonight have been longer than any home run that's ever been recorded. So, like, wow. it's, it's been pretty intense. And Pete Alonso's up now. He, he hasn't really missed a ball yet. But he's actually going up in the finals against one of the guys that we talked about that was going to make the home run derby, uh, Trey Mancini. He's, um, he recovered from cancer. And to see him in the finals of a home run derby is actually really inspiring. And it looks like he might take it. Mm Because Alonzo only has 12 home runs with 36 seconds left. So I think this is looking very possible for him.
1: Yeah, we were a bit more excited about the home run derby because our guy, our baseball guy on this podcast, Shohei Otani, he was supposed to win because he's leading the MLB in homers. He was the favorite in betting odds. Again, we don't do betting. But, uh, yeah, he was favorite in betting odds. And we thought he was going to win.
2: It would have been put cool. up a fight. The, he the problem got was first round. the problem was, so that was he, a he started off really cold, and then he he finally got bounced back. But like by the time he bounced back, he was so gassed. like every swing was so aggressive. Right. So it just like in the tiebreakers he he tied again, and then and then on the three swing like Juan Soto was locked in. He took all three of those swings. He took them deep.
0: So that's. Yo Aaron, 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 Aaron. We that's interrupt my name. Aaron, yeah. we we interrupt this message to bring you news from an actual sport. Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, that's no, no, Honestly
1: honestly, congratulations to uh Roberto Mancini. I don't know who you. His are, but... name is Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini. Good for Guys,
2: him. You're so mean. He literally <laughs> recovered from cancer for Oh wow! two random dudes on the internet to be like robert mancini we're
1: not random dudes on the internet yeah you are we're moraga
2: okay fine but anyway (laughs) all right yeah no that that was talking baseball
1: uh that was interesting thanks yeah i mean mean, if shohei won
2: we would have been more we'll see by the end of the podcast you guys should know who the winner is
1: honestly we have sports coming out of our ears the last three days like even and there's no football NFL yeah, has started.
2: Crazy. Once not NFL starts, this is just gonna. We be have fun. all other sports are second. It's just gonna be like the sports podcast, honestly. When we, no, when we're not like gonna talk about anything. We're just gonna talk about
0: football. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk I mean, about a real. Let's talk about a real sport, a real series that's happening right now. Uh-huh. Over over uh-huh. A, th- a,
2: real a, a real series. A real series. A real series. Nice. Not a World Series. Baseball real- doesn't count because it's slow and it's too. It's for t- intelligent people. You no, know, nah, it's, it's too
0: technical. It's too technical. Basketball is a real oh, uh,
2: sport. Tampa
1: Bay Lightning won. Again, another not, another not sport that someone won. So, ah, good for them. Yeah, all right, I yeah, don't NBA, like hockey. Honestly, I'm not the biggest NBA guy, but like, this is looking pretty good.
0: It's, I mean, first of all, ECU made a prediction. I think I it was did. last week that yeah. Phoenix is going to go 4-0. Yeah? You're I already... mean, look, everyone said that. It's a meme.
2: True, but it's already out of the Bucks
1: race. In <laughs> Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. Honestly, it's very possible. I could see that.
0: Can I change it to Bucks and six? Yes, you can. You yes. could. I don't think that's really, the best idea. I think idea. Bucks would be in seven. Can you change it to Bucks and six so I have a higher chance of getting it right? I'll, I'm. I did it. I'm doing it because you know what? The way Giannis has been performing the last few games, unbelievable. Dude, this unbelievable.
1: Is crazy. I, I thought. I thought the like the finals are over because. Giannis like like exploded. I didn't think he was going to be back after a week scoring 40 points per game. Like that's not, either he's on like morphine or or he's just superhuman and he like recharges better than anyone else I've ever seen. Because that was kind of a freakish injury and he's back
2: like nothing. Giannis is a different breed. The problem is, is that he has a hole in his game that he can't shoot. And good coaching, for example, like Eric Spostrock can take advantage of it but, like, when it comes down to it, boils down to it, when he's locked in, there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop him. Yeah. And it, it just showed in this series. Like, he's, he was unstoppable. And, like, it, even in the first two games, he was amazing. He was hurt and he was playing so well for someone who's hurt. And his team was doing nothing. It was literally just him, like a hurt version of himself. Mm-hmm. And to see himself fully healthy now is absolutely absurd.
1: Yeah, they really got to win. If they win Game Four, it's going to be a real series, and I'll probably start watching. I haven't watched the game yet, um, but yeah, when NBA when it gets into Game Fives, Game Sixes, that's when it gets fun. If, it, if it's a tied series, so hopefully Game Four, I'm hope I'm going for the Bucks, even though I said something four, but I'm going for the Bucks because I want an interesting series. And yeah, that's NBA talk. Uh, oh, oh, another thing. I just think the Bucks. Giannis is going to show up clearly unless he gets injured again. But when Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, if they can make some of their shots, if they don't play like really bad, they can, they can win every game.
0: I 100% agree with you. Yeah.
1: They, I think they, that's why they were up because I, just looking at stats, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were playing terrible before.
0: Yeah, so for all of our – I don't want to say aggressive – fans, but for all of our friend fans who maybe enjoy watching something a little more aggressive. Gladiators? Yeah, gladiator style that isn't like NFL with all the helmets and gear and stuff. Uh, there was a UFC fight, which I heard about. Uh, to tell you the truth, I don't like watching. I used to be a huge fan of MMA and the UFC. I used to play it on PlayStation. I used to watch all the fights. I got really into it. I don't watch that kind of stuff anymore. I just it's not that it's too violent. I think that I don't want to like, I'm not saying that by me watching it, I'm supporting the sport, but if somebody gave me a paper and said, do you support this sport? I would say no, because I don't agree. You see in every single sport, except UFC, you want to be as injureless as possible. You want to be, you want to suffer as minimum as you want to suffer. No injuries. You know, you never want to have a player who's injured in UFC, the goal is to injure the other person as much as possible. So that's why it's, it's like, it's, it's something I can't it's support. A,
2: it's a very aggressive sport. There's something about... Okay, they just put them in a cage and kill each other. The violence and the aggression, and it, it's intense. Yeah, but Conor McGregor
1: is the most entertaining guy, I think. I think you can put him to fight anyone, and everyone will watch because he's just, like, the most entertaining guy. So, so yeah, basically, Conor, he was getting destroyed he's getting beat up pretty bad in the the first round of the fight and like in the last 10 seconds he finally got up after he was like being he was on the ground getting punched with the guy Dustin Poirier was on top of him finally like in the last 10 seconds Conor gets up they face each other again like a like a boxing stance they both throw a punch they both miss I think actually no I think Conor threw a kick Dustin threw a punch they both missed and uh, when Conor tried to land back on his left foot, he just landed it like in the most awkward way. His foot cracked. If you see a picture of it, his ankle touched the floor. That's how. That's how clean the the, the bone break was.
2: It was actually interesting because I was I was like flipping through the channels at a similar time, and I was watching some like knockoff version of the uh, UFC. Like, cause I was just chilling in my room and. I was watching like this heavyweight fight and I didn't know that this thing happened to McGregor. Maybe this even happened before but a very similar time where he also broke his ankle, like his, his foot in the same way, like where his ankle touched touched the floor. floor. And it was like, and I, and I didn't realize that they were like basically happening at the same time, those same broken foot. So like, I don't know if yesterday was, or when was the fight? Um, Saturday night. I don't think Saturday so, night was a good idea to put a lot of pressure on your, main your day. ankles. I think that was a bad time to do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, honestly. If there was an NBA game, hopefully, I just could have gotten injured. It's the start of the nine days, too. So. That's yeah. True. But yeah, uh, like you said, Mendel, this very, extremely violent sport, and the people who, who fight are insane. Conor McGregor is absolutely insane. The guy's crazy. Uh, I mean, I, if he. Came off on a stretcher, all right, after getting his foot exploded. In the interview, he clearly, like, he didn't, he was just angry and he was still talking trash to his opponent. I'm not going to say what he said because too vulgar. But basically, he was getting carried off on a stretcher after his foot broke cleanly, like the most clean break you'll ever see. It was disgusting if you look at a picture of it. Oh, wow. Uh, and he's just, like, laughing, laughing it up, just uh, talking trash, smiling, having fun. I mean, these people are insane. Yeah, there you, UFC fighters are crazy.
2: You have to be on a different level, mentality wise, to be in a sport like that.
1: Yeah. Also, his eater was just bleeding
2: out, and like that, no, one even, like that didn't matter at all. Cause yeah. quick update on the home run derby: Pete Alonso did win. Oh well. In a dominant fashion, he completely destroyed everyone, and yeah, he's our new champion. He beat out Trey Mancini. He put up an amazing performance. Wow. He put up an amazing performance. Nice. But it wasn't it wasn't enough to overcome for Pete Alonso's absolute dominance. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is bad for baseball because if Shohei would have won, people would have been hyped, but he didn't. So baseball loses I
0: think. You know um, what they care about? They don't care about that home run derby. They care about that trophy with all the flags on it. That's what they care about. Right. Nobody's
2: true, but the no home run is derby for... is
0: important.
1: If Shohei Otani won, it would have been a big deal. If, since some dude won, I don't know who he is.
0: Uh,
1: no one's really gonna care.
0: All right, so so I think we should wrap up sports here. I mean, was there a was a, it was a crazy week. I mean, we were just yeah. we were it was like excitement overload. Except that there wasn't a race this week, which is interesting. Usually, all of our podcasts have been a well, yeah. We started
1: our we started the three Maraglin on in the beginning of a, the one of the two triple headers of the F one season. So that, that was just a coincidence. Yeah. But yeah. Next week, we actually
0: next week we
1: got a race on Tishenbov. I don't know if we're allowed to watch that. Yeah. I don't
0: well, know if you want to wake up. You know what? My plan is probably. I wouldn't recommend this for people, but what I would do is the night before. It's Sunday, right? Yeah. So I would stay up. I would sleep well on Shabbos, stay up the whole night, go to shul at like 645, and then sleep until mincha. I think that's probably the easiest way to do a 24-hour fast. Because you fast, you fast the night, and then you sleep the whole day. So you fast initially, like right after you eat. You don't fast 24 hours. Because when you sleep, it's it's easy to fast, you know? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's study gets point. in fifty-five B uh, during we, the night. We should we should sell a course on how to fast easier. No, yeah, I'm really good at it. Not gonna <laughs> brag.
0: So, is it this Sunday night? Yeah, this uh, Saturday night. Mm-hmm.
2: I think it starts into Shabbos, like it starts on Shabbos, to my understanding. Like before sunset, sunset, but before yeah, the fast starts before Shabbos ends, to my understanding.
1: All right, uh, and yeah, for our AOC, live of the week, we're gonna have the U.S. Women's National Team. Huge libs, extremely
0: annoying. What happened?
1: So basically, they're very good soccer, honestly. Like they are very good, but I mean, no one, no one really watches women's soccer. But anyway, um, they during a game last week in the nas- during the national anthem. Nowadays, it's like fun to, I guess, libs love to. Uh, hate on America and the national anthem. So this was actually on July 4th. Some, a veteran was, like, blowing uh, some, I don't know what, what it's called, harmonica or something, and he was doing the national anthem, and they just decided to face the other way, not put their hands over their hearts, just, like, look the other way. of Like, like you know, in soccer, like, everyone faces, like, the same way. Like, half the team was facing, like, to the right, and uh, half the team was just standing there, heads down,
0: what Not, were they, no hands on their on hearts. Their what, what are they protesting? America, I
2: guess.
0: So no, here's, here's what the thing protesting? I don't
2: understand. I guess racism, but like, I don't know. This, this has been done in the past over and over. You have, these, um, you have these people protesting the national anthem, America, the flag. And it's kind of like confusing because we understand that there are problems in the country. And there are problems in every country because there's no such thing as a perfect society. Uh, we're still hoping for one day that when Michelle comes, that there will be a perfect society. But until then, it's completely unrealistic to say it's going to be perfect. And they take, like, these issues and they blow them out of proportion, whether it be police brutality or Black Lives Matter. And yes, they might be real issues, but there's definitely been growth over the years in civil rights
1: like disrespect america like hate on america they're literally wearing shirts that have a logo that says usa on it, and they just, there, like, don't respect there them.
2: are other ways to approach it because they like to bring up the argument that like in the last 60 years there has been no progress in civil rights which is ridiculous because yeah. they're like oh martin luther king did a peaceful protest and we didn't get anywhere like what do you mean you didn't get anywhere like 60 years ago, the, the you weren't allowed to use a bathroom, like a white bathroom. Yeah. And like, 40 years ago, like police were killing you just for being black. Like, right. There's been, there's been so much progress over the last 50, 60 years. You're right. And to go ahead and say nothing's changed is ridiculous. Yeah. And to say only violence will help because peaceful protesting and reasoning. Has not been helping. It is so completely ridiculous, and it's actually kind of um, it's horrible for the memories of like Martin Luther King and 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 all those guys that started those movements, yeah, the Black movements. And it was just like it's completely disrespectful to what they've accomplished. You yes. know, what
0: really, you know what really gets to me? It's these 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 liberal crybaby snowflake. My Democrats too. You know what? They just can't handle anything. This is a yeah. problem. It's they do things when we have a problem, in in whether it's a personal problem, an interpersonal problem, or a problem with society. The way to fix it is not to cause more problems. That's literally the first thing you don't do when there's That's a true. problem. You want to tactically and and uh, strategically find the solution to solving this problem you don't want to just react emotionally and do something that's just gonna create more it's like adding fuel to a fire when you want to yeah. put out the fire i think these liberal snowflake crybaby democrats oh are just counterproductive wow. Wow. i think Mental. they're just like you really just, went out them no
1: you guys are right and honestly you don't even have to get for me it's not even getting that deep into like the issues that they're protesting like you can do whatever you want and you can donate to whoever the uh, programs you want like whatever that's not my problem what i what, like what i think is ridiculous is that they're protesting the national anthem they're like on purpose disrespecting like america which is the team that they play for and like 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 as if america's like not a great country like they clearly they don't like it like they're protesting america when they're wearing team usa shirts and then now you if you looked at the euros yeah they kneeled. like this is even better like they kneeled before every game like basically every team did it they just put Their knees down before the soccer game started. It doesn't really do anything. I guess it shows that they don't like racism, which I'm sure most people I like agree. that. I like yeah, that. that's so, fine. But and then yeah. during their own country's national anthems, they all stand. The Italians scream their national anthem like super passionately. England also, they don't like kneel, they don't do anything. Yeah, they bro, all have like, you, hands you over like, their shoulders and they scream it. They sing it together. Like America, like Tina said they Look away and they don't sing it. They don't look down. This is what it comes down to. This is what it comes down to.
0: This is what it comes down to. Those people in Europe, they know the problem and they're focusing on the problem. The problem is racism. So they're going to show that they're they're, they're in solidarity together and trying to fight racism. That's what they're showing. And then they go do something else. It's the right. Americans or these this American team is tearing down the country in order to get themselves higher. It's like Fact. people that have low self-esteem, they bring others down because it thinks that it brings them up because the others are lower. but It doesn't do anything. You're okay. actually just bringing something else lower and you're bringing yourself even lower because you're doing something that's disgraceful.
1: Right. So you're saying like in Europe, the countries, they respect their country. They love their country. Then they protest. America... This country stinks. That's our protest. That's what you're saying.
0: Pretty much, but they're not protesting the country. They're protesting. I mean, Team USA is. I'm saying. Yes, but they should be protesting the global the pandemic issue. of racism. And also, yeah.
2: not disrespect the country. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You you solve a problem by working on the problem, not by over exaggerating to get attention, and just to pick fights and to get like the whole country riled up and to create more division. That's not how you fix problems.
1: Yeah. And uh, with that, that's our AOC Lib of the Week. I very much enjoyed that one. That was fun.
2: was fun. And uh, We want to shout out Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, for yeah. For always hooking us up with the greatest Libs of the Weeks. <laughs> yeah, and, and
1: Ben Shapiro's all his ads, if we can get one of those, Raycons, yeah, Gold.
2: <laughs> Any
1: sponsored by
0: raycon
2: i'll take that hey <laughs> hey we're still working on a crudo sponsorship yeah. we need one of those yeah
1: please crudo mendel has connections with crudo you have connections with crudo i used to be a top customer in crudo back when i went to school so again crudo we please, please we're please begging you please all, yeah. we
2: need, all we need is one pokeball weekly yeah and we'll, we'll literally make you we'll a make full... a topic on the podcast just Talking crudo. about how amazing your fish. Just is. go through your menu for like thirty yeah. minutes. Like we'll do, it. we'll do anything. Yeah. literally anything. All right,
1: and if that made you hungry, talking about poke bowls and cooked fish, rice, avocado,
2: <laughs> Mendel cutting fish, raw fish. By the way, crudo is a life hack during the nine days. It's I, not me. Uh, True.
0: Go check out your local crudo. Yeah, yes. but uh,
2: but yeah, if that made you hungry, well,
1: enjoy the food. And then we'll see you after Tisha Buk, hopefully, Monday morning, Sunday night, after the fast.
0: Yeah, everyone have an easy fast. Thank you for listening. Y'all yeah.
2: play off. See you guys.